Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. I'm so excited about what God's going to do. In fact, I'm so excited that I'm asking you to help us spread the word. I'm asking you to be a part of this. On your way out this morning, there's little bundles of, of invite cards that we've had professionally printed so that you can invite people. You can tell people about Easter. Uh, it's in two weeks, April the 21st. We're going to have a bounce house and a big egg hunt and big prizes and face painting and ice cream. All kinds of cool stuff, stuff to kind of bring the family in, bring kids in, bring the community in. But like literally, it's about like just really getting people the good news of Jesus. It's not just about filling the house. It's about letting people know of the saving knowledge, the, the, the hope that we have that maybe they don't have. So this morning on the screen is just uh, something that I'm going to ask you guys to do right now. Like literally, I'm going to do it and I'm going to ask you to do it. I want you to take your phone out. And I know that uh, you're not supposed to text in church, but I want you to text this number, uh, text Easter 2019 uh, to 31996. So I'm going to do it with you, 31996. My phone doesn't like that number because it's a five-digit number, but 31996, and then I'm going to text Easter 2019. So if you'll do that with me right quick, Easter 2019. And what's going to happen is, is it pops up this little digital invite. You should have gotten this. You should have got this. This is, is the same thing that's on the card on the way out. And what I'm going to ask you to do next is I'm going to ask you just to, to, to use this invitation that talks about uh, the, the Easter season and the things that we're going to be doing on Easter Sunday and, and use it on your social media, maybe use it as your profile, share it on your Facebook pages, and even take a minute Copy this thing. All you got to do is hit copy on an iPhone. I don't know about you Android users, but then just text it to somebody, man. Just text it to anybody you know that may not have a place to go. So I'm just kind of going through my phone book right now, and uh, man, I am going to text um, this lady. Her name is Melanie, and I'm just going to send this to her, and I'm going to let her know Easter is this week, uh, is, is coming up in two weeks, and you ought to come be a part of this. So do that. Take a moment. Maybe there's somebody you know, a friend, a family member, a coworker, but take the time to do that, and uh, man, share the, spread the word. It's as easy as that. It's going to be amazing, and uh, maybe even behind the little post is something that you ought to write, like, hey, uh, join me this Sunday uh, for, for Easter Church. Put a nice little emoticon, you know, like the colon with the big capital D. That means, not the little D, that means you're sticking your tongue out at them. The big D means it's a big smile, right? Like that. So send them that and let them know that Easter is going to be great at Renewed Church. So here we come. We're getting into the message this morning. That's enough of the commercials. But, you know, we're, we're talking about something that every church talks about at this time of year. It's the Easter season around the world, no matter who you are, where you're from. Uh, if you're a Christian church, you're thinking about the trial, the suffering, the passion, the crucifixion, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Depending on your background, you may think a little bit more about this guy behind me. You may talk a little bit more about the Easter Bunny on Easter than you would about Jesus, but uh, it's that time of year when the Easter Bunny lays eggs, I guess. I don't really understand that quite, but you could take that down. Uh, but we think about Easter. We think some of you, depending on uh, your background, your religious background, you may know more about the Easter money than you do about Jesus, and that's okay because we want to help people come to know the Jesus that saves, not just the Easter bunny that gives out chocolate eggs. 
Depending on your background, though, you may have this extensive time of deep meditation. You may have this period in your life known as Lent where you take this 40 days of abstention from something, penance, and uh, uh, just really like meditating on what Christ did. And that's awesome, too, to think about what it was that Jesus did, remembering his sacrifice. And others of you, the emphasis for Easter is the resurrection. It's the resurrection of our Lord. No matter what, no matter what your emphasis has been, no matter what you've thought or what you've, you've considered in the past, man, I just want you to remember this. I want you to know that we are not just celebrating a holiday. We are celebrating history. Do you hear that? We are not just celebrating a holiday in Easter. We are celebrating history and what God has done for us through His Son, Jesus Christ. And this happened with people as real as you and me. This isn't just an event, not just a story that we read about, but this happened to real people. It was a real story that affected a real world. And for the next three weeks, we're going to remember, we're going to celebrate, and we're going to walk through this journey to Easter. We're going to go on this journey to Easter in the shoes of some men that knew Jesus pretty well, the disciples. And more specifically, we're going to talk about it from Peter's perspective, in the shoes of Peter. I mean, thinking about how they experienced those moments leading up to Easter. How they, uh, what did they feel, the challenges they faced, what change was in their lives. All the things that, we were, that they went through, we're going to try to go through. This morning, we're going to talk a little bit about the affirmation of who Jesus is. We're going to consider what Jesus, uh, who, what Jesus said and then what the disciples responded with, especially Peter. Next week, we're going to look at a message of challenge as we think about what it was when, when everybody came together and they began to yell Hosanna and celebrate and worship him. And, but it wasn't just about that worship. It was also a challenge as Jesus called his disciples to something very specific that they had to do. And finally, on Sunday, the 21st, on Easter Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, we will see what Peter must have felt during those prayers, those leading up to Jesus' crucifixion. And what happened in his heart when he reconnected with Jesus even after his crucifixion, even after his resurrection. It's a message of hope for those feeling empty because even as the theme would be on this, uh, this Easter season, emptiness isn't always a bad thing. That's what we're going to be talking about coming up in just a couple of weeks. But this morning, I want to take you back. This morning, I want to take you back probably maybe six months before Palm Sunday, when Jesus began to prepare his disciples for the difficult times that were approaching. And the scene that we're setting up is, is a crucial moment for Peter and the other disciples. You know, all the moments, all relationships that we have, they have crucial moments. Moments that define the relationship. Moments that, that are moments of tension in the middle of tragedy or crisis. If there's something good about a crisis, it's the fact that it defines who we are and who the relationships are around us and what kind of relationships we have around, around us. You know, in crisis, in those moments of tension we begin to find out who our real friends are, don't we? We begin to realize who the real relationships are in our life. Because when all is well, when we are well, when there's abundance, everybody's your friend. Everybody wants to hang out. Everybody wants to have fun with you. But the ones that remain when we're down, man, those are the true friends. Those are the ones that are going to really be uh, the ones that you will lean on in the days ahead. In fact, that's a great plug for what uh, Mikey was promoting earlier in the announcements. Small groups start this, the week after Easter. 
We have four different small groups to start off. This is the beginning of our small group season, and we're doing a four-week uh, just experience. If you love it, then you, you can jump in for one more uh, four-week series, but it's just a four-week uh, series of just checking out and meeting together in homes, 75 minutes, just a little over an hour to gather together, to pray together, to, to encourage one another, and to get to know some different people. So there's four uh, different locations. Those are on that piece of paper that you have at your seat. And as Mikey said, if you don't do it for anything else, do it for a croquetta, right? Do it for, for the free croquetta that you're going to get. So make sure that you check that box and give it, uh, turn it in on your way out. We really would love each and every one of you to do it. Not, not just because we want to build that, but because we believe that's what the church is really about. This is just a school cafeteria. The church really is supposed to be the gathering of the body of Christ, encouraging one another, helping one another, uh, being there for one another. And so that's why we've developed and designed these groups in different homes, different locations throughout the city to give you an opportunity to encourage, to meet one another, and to develop real relationships. Think about the marriage relationship. Many of you in this room are married today, and, and it's not the honeymoon that solidifies it, is it, wives? It's not the honeymoon that solidifies uh, the marriage. All marriages go through the honeymoon of some kind, but not all survive the tragedy in the family or an unexpected disease or even infidelity in the marriage. Those things are the things that start to really define the relationship. And I want to kind of put a parenthesis just for a minute that like in this message, I just want to share with you that infidelity does not have to be the end of the marriage. Like we have seen God restore marriages even in spite of an unfaithful partner. It doesn't have to be the very end. Yes, it's a strong blow. Yes, it's a deep wound. But if you give God a chance, there is no wound that he cannot heal. And if both people are committed to restoration, then there can be restoration in a marriage. Amen? Okay, I want to hear that. There's no pain that he cannot help you overcome. So don't lose hope. God can restore. There is hope despite your past or anything that has created a wedge in your relationship. All relationships, be it marriage or any other kind, they have crucial moments. Moments that define you, they define your relationship. And here we have that moment for Peter and the other disciples with Jesus. In the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John, you have the feeding of the 5,000 from John's account. And from there, Jesus and the 12 disciples, they went to a village, went from village to village, and, uh, and, and people were chasing them down. Like literally, if you read John 6, the first part of that, they're like trying to find Jesus and the disciples. And news is spread about this multiplication, this miracle multiplication of loaves and fish, and this physical food. And people are looking for the miracle man. They didn't find him, so they went to the other side of the lake in search of Jesus. And here, before arriving at the cru crucial moment, I want to put this, this just kind of one thing in John chapter 6 that it says. And I don't think they have it on the screen, but here's what it says. When they found him on the other side of the lake, so they're like looking for him. They finally find Jesus. They said, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus says to them, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and you had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Okay, so here's what I, I want you to get. They were coming after him because they were looking for more food. 
physical food, bread and fish, the leftover baskets. They wanted what Jesus had physically give them, given him. But he said, don't look for me for that. Don't work for food like that. But look for and work for a food that endures to eternal life. Today we're going to talk about a food that endures to eternal life. Today we're going to talk about a food that goes beyond what you put in your stomach and it digests 24 hours later. Today we're going to think about and talk about an eternal food. These people were looking for Jesus for earthly benefits. And we can't really throw stones, at least me personally. I can't judge them because I've done the same thing. I made an effort. I got on the boat. I went here or there looking for Jesus, seeking Jesus, but seeking him for the wrong reasons. I was going after Jesus because I wanted what he could offer me physically, what he could give to me on this earth, the temporary blessings. But let me tell you something. Walking in obedience, God is more interested in who you are than what you have. He is more interested in the person that you are with or without the possessions, than what you have or what you can attain from following him. Work, work, but not for food that is perishable, but for the food that remains for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. So we're going to look at this a little bit deeper. We're going to look at this a little bit further. And you're going to find this conversation is established between the followers and Jesus. And this theme intensifies. And Jesus' answers become deeper and deeper. So let's read, starting at John chapter 6, verse 48. The words are on the screen there. You can also go into the Bible app under the events page. And Renew Church has our sermon notes there with the scripture on it. Uh, here's what it says. John chapter 6, verse 48. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. Here, but here is the bread that comes down from heaven. Okay, so let me just stop for a second. Jesus begins to talk from the very beginning about the manna that was in the wilderness. In other words, because God provided for their ancestors, for the Israelites, when they were being delivered from slavery into the promised land, that in-between 40-year period, God was the provider. And he gave them this physical bread, manna from heaven. And he says, they ate it, yet they died. They ate it, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven. Okay, so, so are you getting this? John chapter 6, the first part, Jesus feeds 5,000 men plus women and children. Could have been 15,000 people. He feeds them all. Physical food. He feeds them this. But he says, I am the bread of life, and here is the bread that comes down from heaven. It's more than just the physical food that you saw yesterday. This is the bread that comes from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven, and whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Verse 52, then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us flesh to eat? How can this man uh, uh, give us flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Wow, getting weird, right? A little bit. Maybe if this is the first time you've read this or, or been to church, maybe you're like, what in the world is he talking about? He says, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Just hold on, it gets weirder. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood 
is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died. Again, he's going back to and reminding them of something they're very familiar with. They're very familiar with the Israelites, the Passover, the Exodus, all of the stories from the Old Testament. And he's reminding them, this is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Verse 59, he said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. And on hearing it, Many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? In verse 66, it says, from this time, I'm skipping a couple of verses, from this time on, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. These were the followers, not the 12, not the specific 12, but these were the, 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 uh, the, the others that were following after Jesus for something that he had. We come to the crucial moment. Peter specifically comes to a crucial moment. The other 11 come to a crucial moment. They had taken a risk. They had left everything, and they began to follow Jesus. Remember, Jesus said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men, and they dropped their nets. They, they left everything they knew, tax collectors and fishermen in different, different professions, and they just gave their life to Jesus, two and a half, three years of their life, just following this man that claimed to be the Messiah. Nobody knew Jesus But with each miracle, the popularity was growing more and more, and people followed him, and they followed his disciples. So Jesus became popular, and then his entourage became popular, and it was kind of fun being a part of those miracles. You get some bread, and you get some bread, and you get some bread. You want some fish with that? Like, it's a nice feeling to be a part of the miracles, the physical miracles. It was an amazing thing. 5,000 men plus women and children, so 15, 20,000 people have all seen it. Like, all of a sudden, you've got masses. Like, it's arenas full of people that want to see and know this Jesus. It's exciting. And Jesus is like, hold up. It's time to push pause on this. Let me just make sure that we figure out what you're here for. What are you here for? Why did you come here? Are you coming here for that bread and that fish from yesterday? Because if you came for that bread and that fish from yesterday, then stop for a minute and let me tell you what the bread and the fish represent and who I am. I am, Jesus said, the bread of life. You've got to eat of me, my flesh, and my drink of my blood. You've got to be partake with me. And all of a sudden, Jesus' popularity starts to fall. Jesus is like people are unfriending him. They're unfollowing him, and they're like, I'm not into that. It says there in verse 66, many turned their backs on him. They said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it in verse 60? And then it said, many turned their backs on him and no longer walked with him. Then it says, verse 67, you do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. And Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to know, to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Let me read that again. It says, uh, when Jesus is looking around and people are starting to fall out and, and, and the crowds have begun to dwindle, 
And he's looking at his disciples saying, this is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is that crucial moment. Do you want to leave? This is your chance. And Jesus, I mean, Peter's like, where would we go? Like, we know you have the words of eternal life, not just the physical bread, not just the physical food. We know and we've come to believe that you are the Holy One of God. What Peter did here is something that all of us must do at crucial moments in our life. We must go to the truth. When people around us begin to fall out, when things start to happen around us and we don't know what to do, we must go to the truth, the truth that we know. In times of crisis, we focus on stuff we don't know instead of focusing on what we know. We begin to ask questions because we worry more about what we don't understand and, and think about the things that we don't understand versus focusing on what we do know. Peter and the disciples couldn't fully understand what Jesus was saying. They understood it later as you get closer towards that, that, that final supper and as you get closer to the, uh, his death and resurrection. But at this point, Jesus has just got through telling this crazy story about eating my flesh and drinking my blood. And he's like, what is about to happen? This is weird. But Peter did what we've got to do. He began to focus on what he knew. Instead of saying, this is strange, I'm out. Instead of turning your back, he said, Lord Jesus, you're the only one that had the words of life. If you're the one that has the words of life, if you're the one that says these things, then whatever you say goes, you are the Holy One of God. This is a critical moment in the life of the disciples. And they stood on the truth and they became witnesses of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, I want to kind of give you three applications, three things that you need to kind of focus in on as we uh, kind of prepare our hearts for receiving of communion today. The first thing is, is it's not about how many who left, but it's about who stayed. It's not about how many who left. Instead, it's about who stayed. Think about that for a second. If there was 5,000 the day before, maybe there were several other thousand that, that had came. They wanted to see. They wanted to get a taste. They wanted to get a, a, a eyes on this guy that did a miracle that they had never heard of before. They maybe just wanted a free meal. And then Jesus starts talking like this. And people start filtering out. People start funneling out and saying, I'm not doing this. This is too much. This guy's crazy. He's lost his mind. But Peter's seen the miracles. Peter's seen the blind that, that, that began to see, and the lame walk, and the dead begin to raise. Peter's seen these things, and he says, Lord, if this is what you say, this is how it goes. You are the Holy One of God. You have the words of life. It's not about how many who left it's about who stayed. So stop watching everyone else and begin to focus on who you're staying by, who you're staying with. Consider that one, the Holy One. Consider the others that will help you on this journey with Jesus. The second thing is, is don't follow the crowd. Don't follow the crowd. It's so easy to just do what everybody else is doing. It's so easy to go after something because it's like... It, it's on, it's trending, it's popular, it's cool right now. But it too will fade out, it too will go away. Don't follow the crowd. 
Stay close to Jesus. And the third thing is, is knowing everything about everything isn't a requirement. This may be the most important one for you. Maybe you're brand new to church today. Maybe you're, you, you don't even know what to believe. You don't know about this whole Jesus thing. And I just read some verses that I could have uh, tried to dance around and just say, you know, Jesus was trying to talk about his, 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 his you know, the, the communion that we celebrate. And it, but I just wanted to, like, give it to you straight. I wanted to tell it to you just like Jesus said. And maybe it's going to funnel some people out, and some people are going to be like, this guy's preaching from a Bible that I've never heard of. Well, it's right there. It's in John 6. But whatever it is for you, like, keep this in mind. You may not understand exactly why Jesus is talking about eating of my body and drinking of my blood. It, symbol, it symbolizes his death. It symbolizes his body broken and his bloodshed, which we're going to receive that communion together. But even if you don't understand it even now, Knowing everything about everything isn't a requirement. It's not. The requirement is is to say, Lord, we don't know everything, but we know you. We know you have the words of life, and you are the Holy One of God. And because you're the Holy One of God, and because you're commanding me to do this, or to live like this, or to make this decision because of you, not because of me, not because I can rationalize it, because I can make sense of it, God, I just, I do it because you tell me to. It's likely that there are people in this room today who have reached some of these crucial moments in their faith. And you look around in your life, maybe not in this room, but you look around at your life and people are like, you're going to that church? Why? Some of my Renew crew that gets here at 8 a.m., you get up at 8 a.m., why? Like, you don't have to do that. Some of you are, are, are thinking to yourself, is it worth it? Everybody else is, is going, you know. This, there's another guy that's doing some other cool things. Maybe this Jesus isn't everything. You have a crucial moment in your life. Where Jesus is saying to you, what do you want to do? It's your choice. I don't choose it for you. I don't make your decision. What do you want to do? It's my prayer that you'll just stay with Jesus. Yesterday, uh, we got to go downtown for uh, a ministry opportunity put together by uh, Jimmy Ares and um, in honor of his son who was uh, killed in a tragic car accident and he loved kids and I mean he loved uh, people that were less fortunate than, than him and he was always helping others so Jimmy said hey I want to start doing this ministry once a month and I was like man let me just tag along and several others just tagged along it's, it, it just kind of happened and all of a sudden 11 guys uh, from Renew Church came together and, and uh, passed out 100 uh, box lunches in downtown Miami under the bridges and in several different places had the opportunity to meet Ken and Liz from Houston 30 days homeless they had had a car accident down here in Miami, and, and the insurance company gave them 100 bucks for the car. And they were feeling a little bit down and out. They were feeling a little bit without hope. Can you imagine that for a minute? They were just sitting on the side of the 
pole there, had a, a cardboard set up and their, their stuff kind of spread out around. And we just kind of walked up, a few of us walked up and, and sat with them, just listened to them, gave them some food and talked to them a little bit. He had a Bible there that was still in the package. I guess somebody else had passed by and given him a Bible at some point. Uh, brand new Bible in the, in, in the plastic still. Hadn't been opened. And I said, man, uh, Ken, let me, let me just open this and, and show you what I'm going to be preaching tomorrow. I wish, I wish there was more that I could do for you physically. Like I wish I could just turn uh, this cardboard into bread and give you more than, than, than I have. I have a box of food for you, but I don't have a whole lot more that I can offer to you today. We don't have this amazing ministry that I can just say, come, just, you know, fill the building or fill our home. We couldn't do all that. But I just sat with him and I said, can I just read to you this word that I'm going to be preaching to my congregation tomorrow? And it's in John chapter 6 when, when everybody was looking for the physical food and Jesus said, I am the food, I'm the bread, I'm the body, I'm the blood, and you need to take from me and eat of me. And many people walked away because of that. Many people turned their back. I just basically gave him the sermon. I made him. He didn't have to pay any offerings or anything for that. But I'm just kidding. That was a dumb joke. Uh but I said, man, I want to, um, I just want to tell you, this is what Peter said. When everybody started uh, walking away, Peter said, where would we go? What are we going to do? Wow, like there's nowhere else to go. Jesus, you're the Holy One of God. And as I talked to Ken, as I talked to Liz, as I talked to Craig and Pedro and Absalom and the many others that we had the opportunity to give some food to, but also to pray with, I, I just said, listen, I know that you've heard this. You live on the streets of Miami. Somebody's probably came and tried to minister to you, but I just need you to know it's more than up here. It's in here. You have to know this. There is hope in Jesus. He is the Holy One of God. He has the words of eternal life, and He can change your life. He can do that for Ken, Liz, and Pedro, and Absalom, and Craig. And he can do that for you. And he wants to do that for you. So don't give up hope. Don't let it just be a head knowledge. Make it in your heart so that you can't quit, you can't give up, so that there's nothing that can stop you from believing. Jesus says, John 6, 28, what must we do to do the work God requires. Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. That's the requirement. That's what's mandatory. It's not going down to feed the homeless. It's not setting up at 8 a.m. on Sundays. The work that must be done is the work of believing in the one God has sent. God sent his one and only son. There's nowhere else to go. There's no place else to turn. Our only hope, all of our life, all of eternity, Jesus died. Jesus, that one message, that Jesus came, Jesus died. Jesus was raised from the dead. He overcame it all for you and for me. I hope you live that. I hope you experience that. I hope that you have that affirmation in your life. No matter what you're going through, no matter what struggle you have, you're at a crucial point in a relationship with others or in your job or financially or physically. 
Don't turn to anything else. Just say, Jesus, you have the words of life. You're the Holy One of God. And I put all of me into all of you. This morning, we're going to receive communion together. We're going to do what Jesus commanded in those earlier verses and even at the Passover right before his death. He said, whenever you eat of this bread and you drink of this cup, you do this no longer just to symbolize the, the, the um, manna from heaven, God's provision, no longer just to symbolize God, what God did for the Israelites, but it's to symbolize what I did for you. My body broken, my blood shed to preserve you blameless under everlasting life. Do this in remembrance of me. So in just a moment, we're going to sing a song. The musicians are going to come back up, and we're going to sing the song. And I'm just going to ask that in just a moment after I pray, you guys will just kind of come and line this way and that and, and uh, just take the cup and the bread and carry it back to your seat, and I'll give that final word of instruction as we receive it. You don't have to be a member of, of this church to receive of the elements in our church. The only requirement is, is that you're a member of the body of Christ that you've made that declaration. Lord Jesus, you are the Holy One of God. You have the words of life. I choose to follow you. Everybody else may be going the other way, but I choose to follow you. And this may be for you that following point, that moment when you're walking towards Jesus and you're taking of his bread, you're taking of his cup, and you're saying, Jesus, I want to receive it. I want to accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. I want him to be the sacrifice for my sins because I'm a sinner and that I've, I've made mistakes. And maybe you've never done that, but here and now, today can be the day of salvation for you. You can make that declaration so that you can receive this. You can say even now, Lord Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins so that I can receive of this, so that I can be your follower, so I can be your son and your daughter. You be my Heavenly Father, my Savior, my Lord. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me. If that's you today, and you'd say, Pastor, I need to make that declaration. I'm not going to make you come forward. I'm not going to make you stand up. All I would like to do is just to be able to recognize and pray for you just from a distance, just from here while you're down there. I just want to pray for you. If that's you today, and you say, Pastor, I needed to make that declaration today. I'm following Jesus and I want to receive of the bread. I want to drink of the cup. I want Jesus to be my sacrifice for my sins. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand right where you're at, just so I can see your hand? If that's you today, would you just lift your hand? Praise God. Stand with me. Stand, everybody stand, everybody stand. The whole room. Lord Jesus, we come before you, and as we come, we come humbly, preparing our hearts, God, for what it is that you want to do. Thank you, God, that you have the words of life, that you are the Holy One of God. As we receive these things, God, we humble ourselves before you, asking that you would just do a work in us, purify us, make us righteous in your sight. Not because of us, not because we're righteous, because we're filthy rags, but because of what you are, Jesus, the spotless lamb, the pure sacrifice that died for me and for my sins. Lord Jesus, I receive it today. So come. There will be uh, people helping you uh, take the elements if you have any questions, but just receive. It's, it's matzah bread and grape juice. Come and receive of the elements. Take them back to your chairs, and then I'll give final instruction together. Let's sing this song.
said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and he said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them. And he said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take and eat of this bread, his body, together. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me, and be thankful. Let's drink this together. body broken. We thank you for your blood shed to preserve us blameless unto everlasting life. Where else could we turn? What else can we do? Who else could we follow? Oh God, this crucial moment, God, we choose to follow you. You have the words of life. You are the Holy One of God because of Jesus. God, because of Jesus, because of Jesus, God, we can experience this life-changing, everlasting hope that never ends. God, we say thank you. It's in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Let's give Jesus a round of applause. Come on up, Mikey. Wow, what an awesome message. Please make some noise if you're willing to, to stand with Jesus. In a world that throws so many things at us, so many people want us to choose other things, but make some noise again. If you're going to stand firm in your faith, you're going to choose Jesus when the world doesn't want you to. Because we know, we know that he came and he died for our sins and he rose again. Make some noise. This is the part of our service where we worship God through the giving of tithes and offering. And just as a reminder, if you filled out one of those connection cards, make sure to drop them off in the back on your way out in one of the boxes. We have ushers with some buckets. Also put your giving envelopes in there as well. Uh, remember today, we are doing a baptism orientation. So come find me. I'll be at the welcome table. Also giving out croquetas for small group sign-up sheets. And we'll get, we'll get on to that. So um, the band has one more song for us.
And we also have an interest gathering today at 6. So before we get to that, let's pray. God, thank you for all that you're doing this morning. Lord, thank you for bringing all of us together, Lord, to, to hear a word from you, God, to experience your presence, to worship God. We thank you for it, God. I pray that you bless every single dollar, every single penny that gets thrown into, into your mission, God, into your church, Father. We pray that it, it goes out into this community, that it helps change the world, Lord, your mission be here on earth, God. I, I pray for these people that they have a great week, God, and Jesus, as people said, amen. guys so much for being here thanks for being a part if you haven't been to an interest gathering you ought to come you ought to sign up for a small group go in his peace god bless you you are dismissed thanks <laughs>